We'll be studying in Philippians chapter 3 this evening. Uh, It's good to see you this evening. We looked at Philippians chapter 3 a little bit last time, uh, and we started to see an argument from Paul that uh, he is willing to count everything as loss in order to know Christ. Uh, in order to gain Christ, in order to know uh, the power of His resurrection, uh, in order to obtain righteousness. He said all these kinds of things to point to His desire uh, as a servant of God and, and to try to help the Philippians understand what their desire ought to be. He said in Philippians 3 verse 10, "...that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection..." And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. In this text, he's describing to us how he shows his faith, how he shows his his love for God, how he is connecting himself to God and and having a relationship with God. And he he talks about it as knowing Him, knowing Christ. How well do we know Jesus? When we look in the Gospels, we learn a lot about Him. Uh, We learn about who He is. We learn about what He taught. We learn about uh, the things that, that He did while He was on the earth. We see from Him perfection. We see from Him righteousness, holiness, purity. We see wisdom and knowledge as, as He's willing to teach and able to teach those who are the most educated. We see compassion and mercy from Him as He's willing to spend time with the lowliest of individuals. We see a love for God that is unmatched. And we see a love for mankind that is sacrificial when we study the Gospels. Do we share in that? I mean, if we think about the life of Jesus, we see that we're not going to do the miraculous stuff that He does, most likely. Uh, But... What about everything else? Are we, are we acting like Him? Are we talking like Him? Are we showing a love for God that's like His love? Are we showing a love for mankind that's like His love? Are we knowledgeable? Are we wise like Him? Uh, how, how far along have we come in being like Him? And how could we ever become like Christ? As Paul points out in this text... He wants to know Christ and share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. How could we go through the suffering that Jesus went went through to show His love for God, to show His love for mankind? Whenever we look at Paul, I think we see somebody who is very much in line with that. Whenever we look at the life of Paul, what we see is someone who is really trying to fit the mold that Jesus has set. Someone who has grown in wisdom and knowledge. Someone who is uh, who has maybe even heard Jesus' teaching. Someone who has been inspired by Jesus. Does Paul feel like he knows Christ? 
Read with me verse 12. He says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Does Paul feel like he knows Christ yet? When we think about Paul, what we realize is, here's a man who's willing to go through great suffering for the cause of Christ. Great suffering to bring others to know who God is. He's been preaching for decades. <laughs> he's, been, he's been studying. He's been working for the Lord. He's, he's, he's understood more about Jesus than we could ever hope to understand. And when we read about the life of Paul, what we see is a man who is righteous. A man who is zealous. A man who loves God and loves those around him with all his heart. Does Paul feel like he knows Christ yet? Notice he says he doesn't. He says, I don't view myself as already obtaining this. I've not already, I'm not already uh, received the power of His resurrection. I've not already been made perfect. I've not already become mature. I've not already come to know Christ to the level that I, I, I want to. I'm not there yet, Paul says. Isn't this fascinating? That someone who, whenever we look at Scripture has suffered more than just about anybody we've seen in Scripture in service for God, is making the statement, I have not yet done what Christ has done. I'm not yet there. I'm not yet fully mature or perfect or complete. Notice, this is all that Paul wants to do. Read with me verse 12 again, and let's go through verse 14. He says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice how Paul talks about this. It's, it's not like Paul says, I'm not there yet, but I'm really, really close. <laughs> I've just got a little bit more to change in my life. I've just got a little bit more work to do in order to get there to where I know Christ. The way he talks about this is as though this is his main goal in life. This is what he's working toward with everything he has. As though he's still miles away from where he wants to be. Paul wants to know Christ fully. He wants to know Christ's death and His resurrection. <laughs> he's not just concerned about what happens after this life, but he's concerned about living this life as Christ has lived. Well, that's, a, that's a pretty extreme attitude, isn't it? I mean, wanting the pain and the suffering and the loss of Jesus, wanting to love people like Jesus loved them, wanting to be merciful and forgiving like Jesus was merciful and forgiving and help people like Jesus has helped them to do all of the things that Jesus did while He was on the earth. That's pretty radical. 
And here he says, One thing I do. I strain, I strive, I press on toward the goal. Paul, why do you do this? You know, why would somebody have this much devotion and and this attitude of, I need to do this more than anything else, that this is everything to me, and I'm pressing on toward this? Why would Paul make knowing Christ his whole life? He gives reasons in this text. In verse 12, you notice he says, Because Christ has made me His own. Who was Paul? Before he came to know Christ, Paul was an enemy of Christ, wasn't he? He wasn't someone who grew up in the pews. He was someone who was against Christ. He was vehemently against the way going and and dragging men and women and children out of their homes, throwing them in prison, and making a way for them to be killed. You remember in Acts 7 when Stephen stands up and tells everyone the truth about Jesus and about their rebellion, that they start to throw stones at Stephen. and, And Paul says something like this, Hey guys, maybe you could throw it a lot harder and a lot faster if your coats are off. Why don't you set them over here at my feet? He's the guy who is is working with those who are murdering and killing Christians. And Christ has selected him to be his. You think Paul appreciated the mercy that he's received? This is the reason behind this attitude. This is his foundational reason for being so devoted to Christ. He understands that Christ has made him his own. But there's something else in this text that's very fascinating. Look again at verse 14. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul wants to know Christ and he he desires that so much and he doesn't feel like he's there yet and he's straining for this because it's it's something that is greater than anything else. It is this prize that he's seeking after. When we think about prizes that we receive on the earth, we, we might think about trophies or, or, or applause from a crowd or some, some grand gesture or something like that. But none of that really lasts, does it? I mean, all of the things we receive, the prizes that we receive for all the hard work, all the dedication that, that we might put into sports or work or whatever it is, becomes this little trophy or this little plaque that eventually we throw away because it's useless. <laughs> because it, it maybe it means something to us and it'll collect dust on a shelf for a little while, but that's all it is. The glory of it passes away. But Paul sees something that he's striving for that's better than any of these things on the earth. Skip ahead to verse 20. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. He's he's alluded to this prize whenever He said that He wants to know the power of His resurrection, but now He clearly reveals what it is He's after. 
Paul wants to experience the new body. Paul is striving toward a prize that is greater than anything this earth has to offer. And he calls it this glorious body that is like his. Isn't that an interesting thought to dwell on? You think about our bodies and the bodies that we're given here on this earth and how weak they are. Think about the pain, the suffering that we go through, the the hunger, the thirst, the flaws that are in us. All of these issues that we have to deal with just because we are mortal. We're flesh. Paul says this new body that I'm looking for is not like that. (laughs) This new body is satisfied. This new body doesn't hunger, it doesn't thirst, it doesn't sin, it doesn't have flaws or errors. This new body is like Christ. And this is what Christ is offering us as a prize for all of our striving and working and straining and pressing toward knowing Jesus. Well, that's interesting. But as we see this and as we think about Paul, who's working so hard and so devoted, aren't we all tempted to kind of think, well, I could never be like Paul. I could never do that. I could never uh, make the kind of sacrifices and the kind of choices that he's made. I could never be as close to Christ as Paul has become. I'm just not able to do that. How close can we get to Christ? Are we getting closer to Christ? Or are we getting further away from Christ? And being like Christ? Paul is working toward this goal of being like Christ. Knowing what Christ's life was like. Having the understanding that one day he will be like Christ. But he's striving after it even though he he knows, I can't do it. Can we do that? How close can we get to being like Christ? Well, how are we going to do that? How does Paul do that? Paul doesn't have this secret that he's keeping from everybody and he's got this self-help book that he'll sell you for $19.99. He doesn't have anything like that 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 he's hiding from us. He expresses to us, as we notice in the text, exactly what it is that he's doing that allows him to do this, that allows him to strain forward to be closer and closer to the image of Christ. So what is he doing? He's doing two things. First of all... The text tells us that he is forgetting what lies behind in verse 13. Forgetting what lies behind. Paul has a past. Paul has a number of of bad things that he has done in his life that he probably wouldn't want anybody else to know about. And the only way that Paul sees himself as being able to strain toward the goal is to let that weight go. Let all that stress and strain of the failures of his past go. 
But also, Paul's got a lot of accomplishments under his belt now. I mean, he's, he's suffered for Christ. He's been shipwrecked. He has, he has accomplished the establishment of churches all over the place. He's got a big past that, that he has to forget about because those things hinder him. He needs to let go of what is in his past in order to live for something else. I imagine if Paul lived to be 80, he would live every day thinking, I've done nothing with the first 80 years of my life. What can I do today to serve God? He forgets all that stuff and thinks about what he can do to strain forward to what lies ahead. The words used there, straining forward, shows he's not just trying a little bit. (laughs) This isn't just like a weekend hobby that he takes up to to try to be like Christ and then, okay, now I'm going to get back to the other stuff that's going on in my life and then on the weekend I'm going to come back and, and try to be like Christ again. No, this is a daily strain. That, that he, he, he disconnects from everything else in order to make sure he can reach as far as he possibly can. Become like Christ as much as he possibly can. He's setting up goals for himself. He's setting up uh, ideas and thoughts about how he needs to change. How he needs to become more and more like Christ. And that is his one goal. That's all that he is focusing on in his life. Everything else he does is with that goal in mind. Because he's straining. He's pressing. He's, he's striving to know Christ, to know the power of His resurrection. What about us? Are we striving? Are we straining forward to know Christ? Is that the way we characterize our lives, that this is the one thing we do? Well... You know, <laughs> that's kind of a hard thing to say, right? That's, that's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask for. Well, what is it that's holding us back? What, why, why aren't we striving? Why aren't we straining to know Christ? Why aren't we willing to put out everything we have for this cause? Are we able to forget our past? You know, I think I think we face a problem uh, that that is common to man of contentment with who we are. Uh, a lot of times, we'll create these little checklists, and on that list, we'll have I got to stop doing this, 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 and this. I've seen all this in the Word. I, I stopped doing all this. I got to start doing this, 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 and this. And then we do all those things on that checklist, and there I am. I have repented, and now I am a good person, and I am close enough to Christ to get myself into heaven. So now I can coast. I'm good. I'm there. Notice what he says in verse 15. The Net, the Net Bible translates it in a way that's interesting. He says, Therefore let those of us who are perfect, and he puts it in quotes, embrace this point of view. If you think otherwise, God will reveal to you the error of your ways. He says, let those of us who are mature, even though he's just said I'm not really mature yet, uh, let those of us who are mature 
think about our lives as, as though we need to forget everything in our past. All those uh, works of the flesh that we're confident in, all those accomplishments we've achieved, all of our past sins... Let us put all those things away and be striving for more, to know Christ more. But if you want to think otherwise, (laughs) if you want to think you're good and that you've arrived and that, that we're there, if you think you don't have any more issues to work out in your life, Paul says, God will reveal to you the error of your ways. If you, if we think we're there, if we think we're, we're good, we've, we've become like Christ, all we have to do is open the Word, and there we will find where we're wrong. If we'll just open up our eyes to it. We can't think we've arrived. We can't be content with where we are and, and how much we progressed in Christ. Whenever we look at, at Paul, we see how far he has progressed. And yet he still is not satisfied with where he is at. And we can't become satisfied with that either. But also, we got to notice that Paul was able to forget his past. He was able to forget all that he's done up until this point, all of his accomplishments. But he was also able to overcome his past, which was awful. As he's pulling men, women, and children out of their homes to be thrown into prison and to be killed... These are not bad people. These are Christians. These are church folk that he's taking out of their homes and he's allowing to be murdered and he's behind their capture and their murder. He's able to let all of that go and look where he is now. We would say closer to Christ than any of us. If we think... I mean, we've all got dark secrets in our past, right? I mean, if we're open, we're honest, we've all got things that we would not want posted on the TV for everyone to know. Uh, We don't want our our garbage to be known by everybody. The skeletons in our closet are between us and God. We don't want that to be known. But as we think about those things and we dwell on those things, can they hinder us from straining and striving forward to know Christ? Are we worried about ourselves so much that we're not considering the love that Christ has shown us and we're not moving forward to respond in love for Him. If Paul was able to let go of his past, we can let go of ours. And we have to. To pursue the one thing, to be like Christ, we have to let go of the fact that I'm not that person anymore. God has forgiven me for that. I can now move forward in my life. I can now serve Him faithfully. I can now strive and strain toward the goal. We can lay all of our faults at the feet of God and know that He'll take care of those things for us. And we can move forward to be more like Christ. We can strain for more. We're in a continuous pursuit for more. We're we're striving to be closer and closer with more holiness, with more knowledge, with more righteousness, with more love. We want to become as Christ is. We want to be Christ on the earth. But knowing Christ has to be the one thing we do. 
This is it. When I go to work, I want to know Christ. When I go to school, I want to know Christ. When I'm in my home, I want to know Christ. When I'm tempted with sin, I want to know Christ. I want to know His faith. I want to know His trust in God. When I'm surrounded by people I don't want to love, I want to know Christ. I want to be like Christ. This is my goal. This is my desire. This is my everything. So I need to hold true to that. This is what he says in verse 16. He says, Only let us hold true to what we have attained. We've been offered Christ. We can gain Christ. We can have His body. We have been offered a standard of righteousness that we will never attain But let's not drop that standard down to something we can meet. Let's keep it up here where it is beyond our reach. And let's hold true to that. Let's not make checklists that are the end. Let's just keep adding to that checklist more and more and more to be more righteous, more holy, and more pure. We need to strive to know Christ. We have to desire to be Christ on the earth, forget the things in the past, straining forward to the things ahead. Don't say, I've arrived, I can coast now, I can stop short of the goal. No matter how old we are, no matter how experienced we are, no matter how much we've done, we're not there yet. We have to hold true to the standard because of what God has promised to us. Christ has made us all His own. Not because we deserve it. Not because we're so righteous or so good or so perfect or so lovable. But because that's who He is. And His willingness to do that for us should spark a desire to return love for Him. To glorify Him. As we become like Christ, we are becoming more and more a glorious image of who God is for all the world to see His light and His glory. We're able to return back to Him the love that He has shown for us. And in the end, we have an ultimate prize that we're waiting for. The way that Paul talks about this should be enough to spark our interest, to make us think deeply about what we're doing with our lives. Are we pursuing, are we striving after a life that is like Christ? Paul is pursuing this like his righteousness is dependent on it. Notice back in verse 9, that's the way he talks about this. He's he's saying that he doesn't have a righteousness on his own, but righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. Our righteousness depends on God giving us grace when we respond with faith to Him. When we turn our lives and say, My life is yours. I now live for you. I want to know you. I want to know the blessings you've promised to me. I want to experience the joy that you want me to have. And I want to glorify you with all that I have. Are we striving to know Christ? I appreciate your 
attention this evening. I hope that this helps you like it's helped me. This is this has been very helpful for me in my studies because as I look at my life, I see I'm letting other things get in the way. Like Solomon, we get distracted with life under the sun. We're seeking satisfaction in this or we're seeking satisfaction in that. But that's not where satisfaction is found. Satisfaction is found in knowing Christ and having a relationship with God and in obtaining the glorious body that He is preparing for us that's like Christ's. If you're not striving after that goal and you haven't come to know who Christ is or the salvation that He offers, we want to help you with that in any way we can. And if you have rebelled against God and you want prayers and help for a life that needs to be corrected and and put back on the right track to show that you love God and that you want to glorify Him and make changes in your life, you see your failures and your faults like, like we all have seen in the past and now you want to do something about it and you want prayers to help. We're glad to do that. Please let us know if we can help you in any way.